Please pray with me. Lord Jesus, light of the world, bring your light to us. Shine your light in the dark places so that we might enjoy your presence. In your name we pray. Amen. So about 20 years ago, Dave and I um, went to a new church, which became our home congregation, and it's Emmanuel Fullerton. And um, I used to go up. I started going to the, women, to the Bible study, which was held on Tuesday mornings. And the restrooms at Emmanuel have those um, turning timer lights, the kind where you turn and it goes click, 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 and then eventually it shuts itself off which I didn't know at the time. And so I went into the bathroom, and I closed the stall door, and I sat down, and the lights went out. (laughs) And this is a windowless bathroom. I couldn't see the hand in front of my face. And you know how sometimes there's some ambient light, and eventually you kind of adjust? No. It was pitch black. So I took a deep breath and I said, okay, it's all right, I can do this, hoping secretly that someone would come in and turn the little switch again. No one did. And so I got up after I took care of what I went in there for, and I went to grab the latch on the bathroom stall door. I couldn't figure out how to open the latch. I tried Flipping it up, I tried sliding it, I tried pushing it in, I tried pulling it back. I couldn't get out of the stall. I felt like an idiot. I started to get panic a little bit. I really did. And I was thinking, oh my gosh, I'm going to have to crawl under the stall to get out, to go turn on the lights so I can get out of this bathroom stall. Well, I finally figured it out. After, you know, my pulse started picking up a little bit, and I I finally got the door open, and I was rescued from the darkness. I tell that story so that to set up this whole sermon, because we're entering the season of Epiphany, which is the season of light. Now, we all know about the dark side and the light side, right? Right? How many of us in this space have seen Star Wars The Force Awakens? More than once? Uh-huh, uh-huh. I'm ready to see it again, actually. If you haven't seen it, um, the hype is worth it. It's really good, but I'm not going to do any spoilers. But as you know, if you've, if you've watched any of the Star Wars movies, the theme of all that runs through every single one of them is the forces of evil battling the forces of good, light versus dark. You're either on the dark side or you're on the light side, right? That's a theme that appears in all kinds of literature. It appears in film. It even appears in Downton Abbey, which starts tonight, winkety-wink. Um... (laughs) And it appears in music. It appears it's a common theme that we're used to and that actually speaks to us because we recognize it as being truth. 
There is a dark side and there's a light side. And, and scripture has that theme running throughout, the dark and the light. And today's scriptures are no different. Because they're a sign for epiphany, we see this juxtaposition of dark versus light. So if you look at the Isaiah passage with me, which is the one I really want to focus on, um, the passage, just to set it up a little bit, you know the story of Israel. They were constantly, the Israelites were constantly walking with God and then turning away from God and then suffering punishment and then saying sorry and then coming back to God. Well, the passage, all of Isaiah and some of the other prophets are dealing with when the Israelites failed their mission called to be a light to the nations, and they were kicked out of Jerusalem. They lost the Holy Land, and they were dispersed. It's called the Diaspora. Um, They were dispersed throughout the ancient Near East. And if you remember the story of the Israelites, God promised them a land flowing with milk and honey, the promised land, right? And so that land, the being a landholder and having that land was a sign of God's favor to the Israelites. And God also said that he would meet them in their temple worship. So the actual temple that they had built was where God resided. And when they were sent out, when they were dispersed, when they were kicked out of Israel, they had the sense that they no longer had contact with God. They were living in pagan lands. They were ruled by pagan rulers who didn't respect their laws. And they didn't have a temple within which they could worship God and where God resided. So it was a really dark time for Israel. And then we get this prophecy in Isaiah chapter 60, where Isaiah says, Arise, shine, for your light has come. The glory of the Lord has fallen on you. Now the world's in darkness, but it's not going to stay that way, is basically the message. So it's this prophecy telling them that even though they're in a bad situation at the time, they're dispersed, they don't have their promised land, they don't have their temple, it's not always going to be that way. They're going to get to return. And the whole rest of that chapter speaks of how God is going to bless them with, with animals, with property, with, with um, uh, fruitfulness in every area you can think of, basically. And the sixth verse, the last verse of the Isaiah passage that we read today, also foretells of the kings that bring the gold and frankincense. Did you catch that? So it's both a prophecy for the people of Israel at the time that were dispersed in all these ancient lands that didn't have any sense of what it meant to be God-fearers, Israelites, people that had one God. But it's also a prophecy of the coming of the Messiah, of Jesus, 
and of the Magi who come and bring the gifts, gold and frankincense. As I read this passage, it called to mind really quickly one of my favorite passages, which is John's prologue to his gospel. John's gospel, chapter 1, verses 1 to 5. And I want to read that for you because it, it dovetails beautifully with Isaiah 60 and with this theme of light and darkness. John's prologue says, In the beginning was the Word, capital W, a.k.a. Jesus. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him not anything was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of the world. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness cannot overcome it. As soon as I got out of that bathroom stall and turned on the light, the darkness was gone. Darkness cannot overcome light. We know that. It's a fact. We see it every day. Darkness cannot overcome light. When the light is turned on, the dark is gone. So I want us to think about that as a spiritual principle not just a scientific one. I want us to think about how it's true for me, and I imagine it's true for you, that my personality contains both light and dark. I have things in my life that I'm ashamed of. I have areas of my life where I have done things that are would be qualified as dark side kind of things. And I imagine you have them too. It might be thoughts, it might be unforgiveness, it might be holding a grudge, it, you know, fill in the blank. We all have them. And what I would like to propose to all of us, and, and I'm going to be doing this too because I'm certainly not all filled with light all the time. I have these dark areas too is that during the season of Epiphany, and if you choose during 2016, after all, it's only the 3rd of January, that we purpose to allow the light to pierce the darkness in our own lives. That we allow the light of Christ to shine, to illumine those areas of darkness in our lives. It's an intentional process. We tend to be, or I'll put it in the eye, I tend to be a person who would much rather focus on the light and how, how great I am. It can be really hard work to deal with the dark part of my personality because there's pain there. There's hurt there. There's sorrow there. And to allow the light to penetrate that dark part of me means that I have to be brutally honest with myself. (laughs) To allow the truth to penetrate that dark place. 
But here's the deal. And I want all of us to know this and embrace this truth. God is not shaking his finger at you and going, you nasty girl, you nasty guy. God looks on us with deep, deep love and compassion, with care, with forgiveness, with grace, with deep love. And God's purpose for us is to experience the light of truth, to experience that love, to experience that grace, and therefore have a fuller, more joyous, more fulfilled life than when we have areas of darkness in our lives. So it's not a guilt thing. It has nothing to do with guilt. What I'd like us to do and what I'm going to do is to honestly look at those areas of my life where darkness resides. And I'm going to pray something like, God, will you reveal those areas to me that I might not even be aware of or that I want to deny are in myself? And then I'm going to allow the light of Christ to penetrate those areas. Probably doing them one at a time because it's kind of overwhelming otherwise. Then I do go into the guilt thing and the downward spiral and end up in the dark side and feeling all depressed and sad. So I want to give you, I've done this before with the congregation You may or may not remember it, and that's okay because I'd like to review it for myself too. A little prayer practice that may help you with releasing the darkness and allowing the light to penetrate that darkness. So if you have something in your hands, put stuff aside and get yourself comfortable. And it's called the palms up, palms down prayer. So put your palms up facing the sky. And what I do is um, I think of whatever that thing is that I want to release to God, that darkness in me. So let's suppose for me it's unforgiveness of uh, something that someone did to me. And, and so I sit there with that thing, and I, and I think about it. I try to come up with all the specifics of it, of what it is that person did and and why I'm so angry and hurt and why I'm having such a hard time forgiving them and how awful it is and... You know, I feel the weight of it, the ugliness of it, the darkness of it. And I sit with it for a while. And I try to actually feel the weight of it, the physical weight of it in my hands. And when I'm ready, it might be in two minutes, it might be in 20 minutes, I turn my palms over and I give it to Jesus. And I I pray something like, would you take this weight, would you take this darkness and replace it with your light? Replace it with that easiness, that ease of lack of burden. Free me from this darkness and replace it with light. It's a very effective spiritual practice, and I say that from years of experience of practicing it. But I want to tell you one more thing about it. If you're anything like me, 
you'll take it back sometimes. It might be a day, it might be 10 minutes, it might be, it might be a month, and, and then you kind of go, oh man, I thought I'd release that to you, God. I thought I'd forgiven that person. I thought I'd let the light shine in that dark place, and here I am again with the same old junk. God doesn't care. Just do it again. Just do it again. It's a process. That kind of healing of healing those dark places in our lives is a process. Sometimes, praise God, it happens with one time where you just release it. Other times it may take years. And that's okay. So the challenge that I want us all to think about doing this during the Epiphany season, and perhaps for the year if you find it helpful, is doing a real examination of those areas of your life, of my life, where you're experiencing or where you know there's darkness, that darkness resides. And try this practice of of palms up, palms down, of releasing it to God and, and inviting the light of Christ to cast out the darkness. Cast it out. Because I can guarantee you, and it's all over Scripture, that's God's will for all of us, to cast out those dark places. God doesn't want us living in darkness. God doesn't want us experiencing pain and heartache and guilt and unforgiveness. God doesn't want that for us. Those of you that are parents, do you want that for your children? Of course not. And how much more does God want us to be whole and filled with joy and light and an awareness of his love? So I hope you'll join me. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.